Selected Patterns from The Art of Bobbin Lace by Louisa and Rosa Tebbs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. Genoese Lace Edge. We will begin with the simplest of all bobbin laces, namely Genoese. And as the style of this lace does not offer much scope and variety of design, we will, after mastering this effective and useful little pattern, pass on to the more elaborate varieties. You will require six pairs of bobbins for this design, filled with number one thread, and tied together in pairs as described on page seven, and a packet of medium lace pins. Stick three pins in the dots indicated in the pattern. Hang two pairs of bobbins on the right-hand pin, and make a cloth stitch, which is done as follows with four bobbins. For greater clearness, we will number these bobbins one, two, three, four, counting from the right. Cross number three bobbin over number two. Number one over number two, number three over number four, and number three over number two. Assuming, of course, that the bobbins change their number as they move. That is, the pair nearest the right hand being always number one, and so on. After this stitch is worked, leave the right-hand pair of bobbins, hang a new pair on the next pin, and work a cloth stitch with the left-hand pair and the new pair, and so on until the whole six pairs are worked, two pairs on each pin. Now make a picot as follows. Twist the outer pair of bobbins three times to the left. Put a pin under this thread, giving the pin an extra twist round the thread before pinning down. Make a cloth stitch with the two outside pairs, repeating the four movements exactly the same as before. Now twist each of these two pairs twice to the left. Asterisk. Leave the outside or left-hand pair, and work a cloth stitch with the inner pair and the next, and so on, until all except the last pair are worked. And before making the stitch, twist each of the two last pairs twice to the left. Stick a pin in front of both pairs of bobbins, making a cloth stitch at the back of the pin. Twist both pairs twice again, leave the outer or right-hand pair, and work across with the inner pair as before, until all except the last stitch is worked. See that both pairs are twisted twice before working this stitch. Then twist the outer pair only three times for the pico. Pin down as before, make a second cloth stitch, and twist each pair twice again to the left, and repeat from asterisk, and so on until you arrive at the first strand, A, which you must throw out as follows. Remembering that the picots only occur on the outline of the lace, and that the braid is worked both edges alike in the parts where the picots cease. After completing the row at point A, stick a pin in the opposite end of the strand, B. Twist your outer pair of bobbins nearest the strand eight times, 
hang this twisted thread round the pin and back again, making a cloth stitch with this pair and the next. Stick another pin in between these two pairs of bobbins and work another cloth stitch round the pin. Twist each pair twice to the left and proceed as before, throwing out strand C in the same manner. These strands must be taken up into the lace at the other side. To do this, when you arrive at the pin on which the strand was made, take out the pin and insert a crochet hook through the strand. Pull the thread of the nearest bobbin through this strand until a large loop is formed, and pass the second bobbin through this loop. Pull tight, make a cloth stitch, put the pin back again, make another cloth stitch round the pin, twist each pair of bobbins twice, and proceed with the ordinary braid as before, connecting every row now on this side of the braid, which comes close to that already worked, by taking out the pin and drawing the thread of your nearest bobbin through the edge of the braid as for the strand. Note, the pins should be placed quite close together on the inner side of all curves, and the outer pins regulated to come as nearly opposite the inner pins as possible. When you have worked the length of your pattern, or as far as you conveniently can, on your cushion, leave all your working bobbins, taking the precaution to keep these in place by stretching a wide piece of elastic tightly over the bobbins, securing it to the cushion with large pins, and put in your fillings and strands with four separate bobbins tied together in pairs as previously described, and work as follows. Take out the pin at one, insert a crochet hook where the pin has been, and draw the thread of one pair of bobbins through the edge of the braid into a large loop. Put one of the bobbins through this loop and pull tight. Insert another pair in the same place in the same manner and work plate stitch, which is done as follows. Cross number three bobbin over number two, one over two, three over four, three over two, one over two, three over four, and so on, until you arrive at two, where you take out the nearest pin and connect to the lace as described before. Continue the plate stitch to three. Connect again to the lace and work across to four, then to five and six, seven and eight. When you arrive at eight, tie each pair of bobbins together in four tight knots reversing the tie each time, and cut off close. The strands in space M are worked in the same way. The little picots that occur at intervals in all the plate stitch strands being formed by simply twisting a pin round the thread of the nearest bobbin and pinning it down whenever you arrive at a dot which indicates a picot. The spider webs that connect the bows together are also worked with two pairs of bobbins, each pair after being connected to the lace, one pair at J and a pair at K, are twisted until they reach the middle, then hung over two pins, one at each corner of the little square. Three bobbins are held in the left hand, the fourth bobbin being used as a shuttle weaving over and under the other threads 
until a square center is formed. A pin is stuck in each of the lower corners, and a pair of bobbins hung over each pin. The threads are then twisted up to the opposite side of the lace H and I, where they are connected, tied together, and cut off. Although, when once the knack is acquired, these effective little spider webs are very quickly and easily made, it requires a certain amount of practice to obtain this knack, and beginners must not be discouraged if at first they cannot get them perfect. The next step, after completing the fillings and strands, is to take out all the pins from the lace and remove it from the pattern, fitting the part you are working carefully on the beginning of the pattern at the top of the cushion. Secure with a few pins, straighten out your working bobbins, which will have become a little entangled in the process, and proceed. Doily in Point to Flander we will now attempt the next easiest branch of bobbin lace, commonly known as point de flander. This fascinating lace is comparatively very easy of execution and admits of much more variety of design. We should suggest the doily on page 21 for the first attempt, then the collar on page 28, or the lace edge on page 32 and lastly, the more elaborate motifs on page 36. Have ready eight pairs of bobbins filled with number two thread, each pair tied together and wound up to within three inches apart, as described on page seven. You will also require one bobbin filled with bruge cord, the cord outline being one of the characteristics of this lace, and a packet of medium lace pins. To begin, stick three pins in the ring of one of the flowers, as indicated by the black dots, and hang on eight pairs of bobbins, one pair only at a time. Work cloth stitch right across, commencing from the inner side of the ring. Stick a pin on the outer edge of the ring in front of the two last pairs just worked. Twist each pair twice to the left. Now make a knot in your outline cord and pin it down about one inch away. Pass this cord through the second or inner pair of bobbins, over one bobbin, under the next, and leave it between this and the outside pair. Now work cloth stitch across with this same pair of bobbins until all except the last pair are worked. Twist this pair twice, also the working pair twice, to the left. Stick a pin in front of these four bobbins and make a cloth stitch at the back of the pin which will now be on the inner side of the ring. Twist each pair twice again and return with the inner pair, working cloth stitch right across until you arrive at the cord. Pass this through your working pair, twist this pair twice, stick a pin in front and make a cloth stitch with this and the outside pair at the back of the pin. Twist both pairs twice. Work across with the inner pair the same as last row, repeating the directions given row for row. To connect the ring together at the finish, take out the inner starting pin, insert a fine crochet hook, and draw the thread of the nearest bobbin through the opening. Put the next bobbin right through the loop just formed and pull tight. 
work to the middle of ring and repeat. Also at the outer edge, so that the ring is connected together in all three places. Now work half stitch right across the petal. To do this, first cross every pair of bobbins once to the left. This being done, take up the first two pairs and, asterisk, cross the two inner bobbins once to the right. Cross each of these two pairs once to the left again. Drop the outer pair, take up the next pair, and repeat from asterisk. Work all except the last pair, and before doing this, cross the working pair once to the left. Pass the cord through these crossed threads. Now stick a pin at the top of the petal, and with the two outer pairs of bobbins, work a cloth stitch round this pin. Leave the outer pair, pass the cord through the inner pair, and work back in half stitch. Connect when you arrive at the ring of the flower. Make a cloth stitch after the connection to hold it firm, and then work half stitch across until all except the last pair is worked. Pass the cord through the last pair but one, previously crossed to the left. Twist both these outside pairs twice at the back of the pin. Stick a pin in front of these bobbins and make a cloth stitch. Twist each pair twice again, drop the outer pair, pass the cord through the inner pair, and work half stitch right across, including the last pair, remembering to connect again to the ring. Make a cloth stitch, and repeat these last two rows until all the six petals are worked, threading the cord down to the ring and back again at the division of each. These petals are connected together at the finish, the same as the ring. Working this last row in cloth stitch to hold the connections firm. The stalk of the leaves is worked exactly the same as the circle of the flower. The leaves are also worked in cloth stitch, with the same open edge and cord all round the outside of the leaf. But to form the vein, work across to the dots, up the middle of the leaf, with plain cloth stitch up to the very last pair. After this pair is worked, stick a pin in the vein, take the outer pair of bobbins round this pin and twist this pair only twice, before working back. This is done every row until the top of the vein is reached. Then work round the other side of the leaf, connecting the vein in the middle as follows. After the top of the vein is reached, continue to work the same stitch round the tip of the leaf, but without any pins or twistings on the inner side until you arrive opposite the top pin in the vein. Take this pin out, and connect with the crochet hooks as described in the flower, remembering now to twist the outer pair of bobbins once before and once after these connections, to match the double twistings on the opposite side. Work around the second and third sections of the leaf in the same manner, when the bobbins must be fastened off. To do this, take the whole of the bobbins in the left hand except one. With this one bobbin, Tie the others together in a tight buttonhole stitch. About six of these stitches are sufficient to make the fastening very secure. Now cut off the bobbins quite close and wind up in pairs as previously described. 
if the little extra precaution is taken at the finish of sewing these fastenings neatly down on the wrong side the lace will never give way in cleaning as is so often the case for the small half-stitch circles round the doily two cords are used one on each side the bobbins containing these cords are tied together and wound up like the others and when commencing these circles the pair of cord bobbins should be hung round the commencing pins after the others have all been worked on these circles are worked in half stitch with the usual open edge but at each division the cords are crossed as follows after putting in your pin at this point and twice twisting the two outer pairs of bobbins before passing your cord through the inner pair as usual thread this cord over and under all the other bobbins until it reaches the opposite cord leave it and bring this opposite cord back in the same manner now pass it through the pair of bobbins you were about to work with and proceed as usual after connecting the circles together at the finish the bobbins must be fastened off and cut close as for the leaf then wound up in pairs ready for the inner circle of braid round the doily this is worked exactly the same as the ring in the flower using one cord only on the outer edge of the braid remember in working this lace to connect all parts of the design that come close to each other by simply inserting the crochet hook and drawing the nearest working bobbin through as described before collar in point de flander this pretty little collar might be attempted first instead of the doily if preferred work the flowers leaves etc the same as the doily also the connecting strands and the small woven spider webs in the center of the flowers for the large spider webs however that connect the flowers and leaves you will require six pairs of bobbins two pairs for each of the three strands at the top of the web work these three strands as usual in plate stitch with a picot in the middle of each when the third strand is finished stick a pin at the corner of the solid square nearest this strand and work a cloth stitch round the pin drop the outer pair of bobbins and work another cloth stitch taking up the nearest pair of bobbins from the next strand repeat with the next pair and so on until you have worked a row of cloth stitches right across stick a pin in the opposite corner to the first pin and work a cloth stitch round this pin work cloth stitch across repeat for about six rows or until the little square is large enough then work the two outer pairs each side in plate stitch and also the two middle pairs until they reach their destination where connect tie firmly together and cut off close applique trimming in flanders point this handsome lace five inches deep is suitable for a great many purposes and can be worked in fine or coarse thread accordingly the specimen illustrated is worked in number two thread commence with the flower nearest the long curved stem arranging that you finish with the petal nearest to the stem continue to work the stem without cutting off the bobbins 
but fasten on an extra cord here, as the stem is worked with a cord each side. This extra cord must be cut off on arriving at the leaf, which is also continued out of the stem with the same bobbins. But you will find it necessary to put on two extra pairs of bobbins for the leaf. To do this, work a few rows until you come to where the leaf slightly widens, and hang an extra pair of bobbins on the outer pin of the last row, before passing your cord. Make a cloth stitch with this new pair and the working pair. Pass the cord, twist twice, pin as usual, and the next time you arrive at this outer edge of the leaf, hang on another pair in the same manner, taking care to now lift the previous pair off the pin and pull up tight. The working of the pretty Rizzo filling in the circles formed by the stem is described on page 53. Motifs in Point de Flander Lover's Knot, Butterfly, Fan, and Conventional Rose These dainty little motifs form pretty ornaments for hats, blouses, etc. Or, set quite close together, they make a handsome border for collars and various articles arranged as fancy dictates. To work the lover's knot, follow the direction given in the Italian insertion, except that two cords are used, one each side. Begin at the extreme point and work all the whole bow in one piece. Fasten off neatly and cut close. Tie the bobbins in pairs again and work the little center in half-stitch. For the butterfly, work the body first, commencing where it joins the top wing. Work all round this, and continue the upper wings without leaving off, first one wing, then the other. Now continue the lower wing, which is worked one-half in cloth-stitch, with a vein up the middle, as the leaf described in the doily and the opposite side in half-stitch, connecting each row to the vein as you proceed. For the fan motif, work the flower first, finishing at the petal nearest the braid on the left hand, and continue to work this braid all round, continuing the little open space between the fan and the ribbon, by wrapping all the other bobbins with the two outside bobbins, tying them tight, and connecting this tying pair to the edge of the flower. Repeat this three times, straighten out the bobbins, and proceed to work the ribbon. The flower motif should be commenced on the inside ring close to the stem. Work this and join together. Continue round the whole of the seven petals, working the three middle petals in half-stitch. Also down the stem, then wrap and tie your bobbins together, connecting each tie until you reach the small scroll on the left-hand side of the stem. Continue to work this scroll, and when finished, fasten the bobbins off neatly, cut close, tie up in pairs, connect each pair to the stem, and work the little scroll opposite. After this second scroll is worked, the bobbins must be again cut off and tied up in pairs, ready for the leaf. The open petals of the flower are filled in with the little woven spider webs, 
and the middle of the ring with plated filling. Full directions for working the rows, filling in the lover's knot, butterfly, and fan motifs, also an illustrated diagram showing all working details, will be found on pages 57 and 60. Guipure de Flander We come now to one of the handsomest Guipure laces in existence, Guipure de Flander, a lace that is comparatively very little known or taught in England, although at the same time one of the most fascinating laces to manufacture, on account of the variety of beautiful stitches or fillings introduced in this lace. The rich, heavy cord outline in this Guipure de Flander differs also from the Dentelle de Bruges in the respect that it appears on the right side of the lace only, and has therefore a different movement. As the little lace vest offers such opportunity for learning a great variety of fillings and makes such a wonderful piece of adornment, I should suggest starting on this. By the way, the little collar band is worked on a separate pattern and attached to the vest later. Have ready six pairs of bobbins filled with number three thread and one bobbin with keep your cord also a packet of fine lace pins. Work the narrow braid first all round the vest, commencing at the top on two pins. Work the ordinary braid with the straight open edge on the inside and open edge with picots on the outer side using the guipure cord as follows. Thread the cord through the other bobbins into position and on working from right to left, pass this cord through the last pair of bobbins but one, exactly the same as in the Dentelle de Bruges, but on the return row, that is, from left to right, simply work over the cord instead of passing it through the bobbins as usual. Repeat this all through. You will notice that two cords are used on all the scrolls, one each side, and one cord for the flowers and leaves the flowers being worked exactly the same as in the Dentelle de Bruges, except that every alternate petal is half-stitch. The cord is carried down to the ring of the flower and back again, at the division of each petal, in the same manner as in the Dentelle de Bruges. The large leaves are also worked exactly the same, whilst the smaller leaves are worked in plain cloth-stitch, like the braid, with the open edge each side, but no vein down the middle. Eight pairs of bobbins are required for the larger flowers and leaves, six pairs being sufficient for the smaller flowers and leaves, whilst ten pairs are necessary for the large scrolls besides the two cords. The fillings are put in separately at the finish and comprise risseau, festoon, spider, honeycomb, and plate stitches. Note, a certain amount of skill is necessary to keep the form of the design in making lace, and particularly is this noticeable round the curves of the scrolls. Commence these on three pins, placing the first pin at the bend on the inner line where the scroll curves completely round. Place the next pin 
in the center of this little round curve, and the last pin between the two other pins. Hang on your bobbins, a pair at a time, and work cloth stitch right across, commencing at the inner pin. Thread the cord, tied together on a pair of bobbins, through the other bobbins over one and under another, leaving it hanging each side in between the two last pairs, and work across every row to the middle of the scroll, using one cord only on the outer open edge of braid where the pins are placed, and working plain cloth stitch on the inside, without any open edge or pins, continue this all round. When you reach the top, however, you should begin to connect the two inner sides together. Continue to do this every row until you get quite round the curve and arrive opposite to the first pin. Then take in the other cord and work open edge each side for the straight portion of the scroll. And if it finishes in another round curve, as is often the case, then work this curve also in a circle as at the commencement. Yoke in Guipure de Flander This handsome yoke is worked in similar style to the vest, and the detailed instructions given for the latter will apply to this yoke in the main. Perhaps it would be as well to explain, however, that the large ornamental leaves at the outside points of the design are worked in three sections, the middle or inner section being worked as an ordinary bruge leaf, in cloth stitch with seven pairs of bobbins and one guipure cord, throwing out the vein of the leaf over a pin each time, as previously described. The extreme outer section is next worked, adding an extra pair of bobbins, as also an extra cord, the space between these two sections being filled in last with half-stitch, connecting every row, on each side, to the parts already worked. The same braid border is worked round the smaller leaves, whilst the handsome double raso filling is described on page 60. The medallions are also worked in three sections, the inner and outer braid being worked first, and the middle space last. This is done in half-stitch, connecting each row to this worked braid as previously described. The little circles round the neck of the yoke are worked in cloth stitch with two cords, one each side, crossing these cords as described on page 25 at the division of each circle. The ornamental line underneath the circles is worked in stem stitch with five pairs of bobbins and one cord bobbin as follows. Work the cord on the outer edge of the stem, where also place the pins, making the usual open edge on this side by twice twisting the two outer pairs of bobbins before and after your last stitch. But on the inner side of the stem, no pins are used, and the twists must be omitted. Bolero in Guipure de Flander This handsome bolero, which, by the way, is worked in number two thread and a heavy Guipure cord, needs, after the vest and yoke, very little explanation. 
The very effective diamond filling described on page 59 shows here to great advantage, and the raceau filling, page 53, is worked in the middle of the flowers. The round little open holes in the petals of some of the flowers, etc., are worked as described in the Flemish Van Dyke collar, page 134. This bolero is a remarkably pretty shape, forming a pointed collar at the back, and is very quickly worked. Ornamental Lace Stitches Number 1. Réseau This réseau stitch forms a handsome background to a great many different kinds of lace, and is worked as follows. Connect one pair of bobbins at A, number 1 diagram, and two pairs at B, C, D, E, and F, also one pair at G. Twist the A pair twice to the left, also the nearest B pair. Make a cloth stitch with these two pairs. Stick a pin on the cross between these bobbins, and make another cloth stitch round this pin, twisting each pair once to the left before making the stitch. Drop these two pairs, and repeat with the next two, namely, the unworked B pair and the nearest C pair. Continue until all the bobbins are worked. Connect at the end of the row, and return in the same manner. Noting that if the space you are filling increases in width, an extra pair of bobbins must be added at the end of each row, whilst if it decreases, a pair must be cut off each time. This, of course, refers to all fillings. Number 2. Honeycomb This very pretty filling is worked in plate stitch, described on page 17. Connect two pairs of bobbins at A, number 2 diagram. Plate to B on the top line, making a picot in the middle. Place a pin at B, and work a cloth stitch round it. Plate to C on the lower line, and repeat. Plate to point D, and back again to C. Work a second cloth stitch round the pin at C. Plate from C to E on the top line, then from E to F on the lower line. Now plate from F to G, and back again to F, working a second cloth stitch round the pin at F. Plate to H on the top line, and H to I on the lower line. Connect at point I to the lace, and return on the remaining lines back to A drawing the pins out at all the lettered points on this return row as you arrive at them, namely, H, F, E, C, and B, and connecting through the plate here with the working bobbins. Continue the plate to J, connect again here, and work this row exactly the same as the last. Number 3. Festoon. This stitch, though remarkably easy, is most graceful and effective, and is worked as follows. Connect five pairs of bobbins at A, 
and work cloth stitch across to the lower line of the scallop, twisting the two last pairs twice before making the last stitch. Add a pico by twisting the outer pair three times. Pin down. Make another cloth stitch. Twist each pair twice again, and return with plain cloth stitch to the top of the row, omitting the twists and not placing any pins here. Work back again to the outer edge of the scallop, where repeat the open edge and pico. Number four, spider web stitch. One of the most popular fillings is the spider web, partly from its adaptability to all sized spaces, and partly from its bold, distinctive appearance, which seems to supply a character and effect to all these laces. Connect two pairs of bobbins at A, same at B, C, D, E, and F. Plate A bobbins across to the corner of the nearest little square and leave them, making a pico in the middle of the strand as you plate. Do the same with B and leave them at the opposite corner of the same little square. To avoid the bobbins becoming entangled here, simply hang them over a pin at each corner. Repeat the directions just given with C and D bobbins for the next web and E and F for the last web on this row. Now return to A and B bobbins. Remove the pins over which the bobbins are hanging and work cloth stitch with all four pairs of bobbins from left to right. Stick the pin back in again in the right-hand corner. Work a cloth stitch round the pin and right across to the left-hand corner. Place another pin here and repeat. Continue to work cloth stitch, placing pins at the end of each row as closely together as possible until the whole square is worked. Plate the strands across to the lower row and leave them hanging whilst you work C and D, also E and F. On the next row, you will require two more pairs of bobbins connecting on at the first web to work with A bobbins. B and C will work together in this row as D and E, whilst F will be connected to the lace and brought down at the back of the lace for the third row. Number five, lead filling. The next is the famous Honiton lead filling, one of the most difficult but at the same time one of the richest stitches in lace-making, and the result is certainly well worth the time spent in acquiring the necessary knack and skill to accomplish this stitch successfully. Commence at the top of the space with two pairs of bobbins at A. Twist each pair twice to the left, and weave with the outer right-hand bobbin over and under the other three bobbins, until you nearly reach the cross. Now drop these bobbins. Hang two pairs on at B, and weave as with A bobbins, until you arrive at the same cross. Now take the nearest pairs of A and B bobbins, 
twist each pair of bobbins twice to the left, work a cloth stitch, place a pin in the upper dot, and work another cloth stitch round the pin. Twist both pairs of bobbins twice. Work a cloth stitch, place a pin in the right-hand dot, and work another cloth stitch round this pin. Now do the same with A bobbins, placing the pin in the left-hand dot. And lastly, twist the two nearest pairs of A and B, and work a cloth stitch round a pin in the lower dot. Hang two more pairs of bobbins at B and two at C, and repeat. Number 6. Diamond Stitch This is a bold, handsome filling for large spaces. Connect five pairs of bobbins at A. Work cloth stitch across from left to right. Stick a pin on the right-hand line. Work a cloth stitch round the pin. Cloth stitch across, placing a pin on the left-hand line, where also work a stitch round this pin. Repeat until you reach B, where connect, wrap, and tie your bobbins together, and continue them at the back of the lace, which is the side you are working on. See illustration. Until you reach C. Connect here, and work across to D. Repeat the connection here, also at E, and work across to F, then from G to H. Here the bobbins must be fastened off, cut close, and five fresh pairs connected at I. Work to J, connect again, and again at K, working across to L, and so on, until all the lines are worked. Next, fill in all the diamond spaces with the woven spiders described on page 17. Number 7. Double Rousseau This extremely elaborate stitch is really not so complicated to work as it appears, and is very uncommon. Commence as for ordinary rousseau, and follow the directions given for this stitch until you arrive at the first of the double parallel lines. Connect an extra pair of bobbins here, and work cloth stitch right across with these, taking in each of the hanging bobbins in turn, and twisting the working pair twice each time in between. Connect at the end of the row, and return in exactly the same manner. Bringing this extra pair of bobbins down at the end of the row to the next double line and leave them ready until you have worked the rousseau in between. Number 8. Rose Filling This very lacy stitch is worked in a similar manner to the lead filling, except that the bars are plated instead of woven, and consequently it is very much easier of execution. Connect two pairs of bobbins at E and work plate stitch to the middle of the strand. Twist each of the outside threads round a separate pin and pin down to form a small pico each side. 
Continue the plate until the cross is almost reached. Now hang two pairs of bobbins at B and do the same, working the cross with all four pairs, placing a pin in each dot, as in the lead filling. End of Selected Patterns